thank you for listening to the weekly message at First Baptist Church in Bushland, Texas. Hey, we are continuing that series, Put Off, Put On, and we are in Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, go to verse 17 with me. Ephesians 5, 17. The word says, and it starts off with therefore, and we've talked about what the therefores are therefore, so we won't continue to talk about what the therefores are therefore, because y'all know that by now. Amen? All right. So, thank you. Amen. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Now, I want, I want you to catch that, okay? You know, it's kind of, if you, if you continue to say something over to your children, and you've got to bring them in, and you go, look, therefore, if you, listen to me, if you're going to continue, then this is what's going to happen. I mean, therefore is like, I'm done. I'm done talking about it. You need to get it by now. I mean, you know what I mean? You've been there as a parent. You may be there right now, okay, or you've been there as a wife with your husband, whatever the case may be, but therefore is emphasizing something that's already tried to be emphasized many times before, okay? So he says, therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Verse 18, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. So you want to know God's will. I think all of us in here would want to be in God's will or do God's will. He says, understand, do not get drunk on wine, but instead be filled with my Spirit. Now, all of us in here would have no problem picking out someone drunk. It's absolutely funny to watch. Amen? Have you just ever sat and watched somebody that's drunk? I mean, they just do some stupid stuff, and you sit there laughing at them, okay? Hopefully, okay? Hopefully, you were not the one being laughed at, okay? But when you see someone drunk, there's some characteristics that stick out to you, don't they? I mean, number one, they can't walk or walk very well, okay? Their speech is slurred, choppy, doesn't make sense, okay? I mean, most of the time, they have an aroma that is not of Christ, amen? They have an aroma, but it's not the aroma of Christ. You can smell it on them, okay? They can't walk. They can't speak. Their behavior is bad. They do stupid stuff. I mean, they're crazy. They stick out. You can tell them. Now, the question is, what in the world is Paul trying to emphasize here? He says, don't be drunk with wine, but instead be filled with the Spirit. So what he's trying to tell each of us is this. If there's characteristics outwardly that give you an example of a drunk person, there should be characteristics outwardly of a spirit-filled person. I mean, is anybody else having a hard time with that? I mean, we don't have to pop seminary courses up all of a sudden. Just read the Word. That's what he's trying to do. The Word picture is, if you can tell that dude's drunk, man, then you ought to be able to say, ooh, that dude's spirit-filled. Just like that. It ought to be that apparent. Now ask yourself this, is it apparent in my life? Someone look at me, would it be easier to tell if I'm drunk or spirit-filled? Because Jesus says in his word, and God emphasizes over and over again, if you want to be in God's will and you want to do God's will, 
then don't get drunk, but be filled with my spirit. Just as simple as that. Now, you say, well, there's a big difference uh, between being spirit-filled and being dwelt with the spirit. There is. Now, here's what I want you to understand. We're going to jump at a lot of scripture, but I want you to stay with me, okay? So I want to look at indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Now, when you talk about the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, each one of us, every one of us, when we give our lives to Christ, when we're born again, when Jesus comes in and lives in us, he comes in through the form of the Holy Spirit, okay? So if you're sitting here today and you have the Holy Spirit of God living in you because you're saved, you're indwelt with the Holy Spirit. Now, that doesn't automatically mean you're filled with the Holy Spirit every day, okay? There's a big difference, okay? Now, if you grew up Baptist, this is going to be a little uncomfortable, but just hang with me and know I love you, okay? All right? I'm just going to preach the word, not the denomination today. Is that okay with everybody? All right? So the word says that when you get saved, you get the Holy Spirit. When you're baptized, it seals the deal, okay? You are filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to look at some scripture. Go back one page to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians 1, go to 13 and 14. Ephesians 1, 13 and 14. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing your inheritance into the redemption of those who are God's possessions to the praise of his glory. So when you got saved, you were sealed. Okay, you were sealed, all right? You got the mark, you're sealed, you are saved, okay? Now I want you to go another one. Go to 2 Corinthians, a couple of pages over. Go to 2 Corinthians, look at verse 1. Oh, sorry, 2 Corinthians 1, sorry, look at verse 21, all right? 2 Corinthians 1, look at verse 21. Make sure you're in 2 Corinthians, all right? Now, it is God who makes both of us, and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. Y'all get a little theme going here? Deposit guaranteeing. What is that? That's the Holy Spirit. You got it, you get heaven. You don't have it, you don't get heaven. It's the deposit. It's guaranteeing your inheritance. Look back. Go back to Ephesians. We were here a couple of weeks ago. All right. Look at Ephesians 4.30. Ephesians 4.30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, which whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. All right. So get the deal here. When you get saved, when you give your life to Christ, the Holy Spirit comes inside of you. That's your deposit guaranteeing your inheritance one day in the kingdom. All right? You are sealed, marked, whatever you want to say. You're his. Wearing a jersey. You're a king's kid. You're saved, born again, whatever you want to call it. You've got the Holy Spirit of God sealing the deal. Okay? All right? You say, well, is there two Holy Spirits? No. Not two Holy Spirits, one Spirit. All through Scripture, they'll say it over and over again, one Spirit, one Spirit, one Spirit. Now, let's look at Spirit-filled, or filling of the Holy Spirit. Go to Ephesians 3.19. 3.19, a lot of Scripture. I'll tie it all together in a little bit. Ephesians 3.19. 
And to know the love. Hey, let's back up a little bit. Go up to 17. Let's start there. It's better. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have the power together with all the saints, because you're not a sinner once you get saved, baby. You're a saint. To grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Be filled, okay? You already know him, all right? Now you be filled with that, all right? Let's keep rolling. Galatians chapter 5, back to the left. GE Power Company, don't lose me, all right? Galatians chapter 5, look at verse 25, bless you, 525, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit, let us not become conceited, provoking, and envy of each other, let's keep in step with the Spirit, so the Spirit of God who, who, who lives, is active, is living, is doing a new thing, a fresh thing every single day. And so for me, it is to be filled with the Spirit so I can keep in step with the Spirit, so I can watch the Spirit, see the Spirit, watch, be aware of the Spirit, and know where the Spirit's moving. All right? It's a moving thing. So I want you to go one more thing. Go to Luke. I'm wearing y'all out. Luke chapter 11. It's a good one here. Got your pen. You're going to want to mark this one up. Luke 11. Luke 11, 11. How about that? That's easy. 11, 11. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, you'll give him a scorpion. If you then, though... You are evil. Know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Watch out. You say, well, I'm already saved. I already have the Holy Spirit. What am I asking for? Mm. Mm. That's a good question, isn't it? Folks, plain and simple, when you get saved, you have the Holy Spirit in you. We all come to that conclusion. But the Word of God says every single day you ask for a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit of God so that you might keep in step with God. Here's the deal. If you, someone I am following, I'm trying to keep in step with them. If they get so far ahead of me, can I really keep in step with them? No. So if I'm going to keep up with what God's doing, I'm going to keep in step with him. Every single day, I'm asking God to fill me fresh with the Holy Spirit of God so that it's not my eyes that see it, it's his eyes. That my spirit is in tune with his spirit. Because if not, my friends, you can miss him, not hear him, and not see him at all. I'm just telling you. He can stand this close to you and everybody around you, spirit-filled believers, every single day say, man, Jesus is working in your life. Jesus is right there. Can you see him? Can you hear him? Can you see what he's doing? No. No. I had people like that in my life in college. Ain't God's calling you in ministry. Ain't God's calling you in ministry. No, I don't hear it. I don't hear it. You know why I couldn't hear it? You know what the stop was? Unforgiveness. 
Unforgiveness. I mean, it hardened me, boy. Unforgiveness. And when I gave that over and let it go and quit, and quit trying, I, I didn't want to win anymore. I said, I don't care. If it, I just forgive you. I forgive you. I forgive you. I lay at the cross. I lay at the cross. I'm telling you, I was stripped away down to nothing. I said, God, feel me fresh like I've never been felt before. Feel me like I never feel before. And I'm telling you right now, I begin to see things that I've never seen before. And I'm not trying to scare you. I didn't jump pews and do somersaults and, and, you know, handle snakes. I'm just telling you that the Holy Spirit of God became very, very, very fresh. And it was not hard to hear him. It was not hard to see him. And stuff in the Bible that I read a hundred times jumped off and just slapped me upside the head like, poo, poo, poo. You get it now? I'm like, whoa, I get it. All right? Why? Because, man, you can read this stuff right here. And it's like reading Chinese. But get filled with the Spirit and let the Spirit just take you. I mean, he'll illuminate his word like crazy, man. Crazy. Romans 8, 5 says this. When you're filled with the Spirit of God, it sets your minds on the things of the Spirit. Mm. Set your minds on the things of the Spirit. So each day when you get up and you say, God, I, I don't know what you have for me today, but I pray, Father, you fill me fresh and new with the Holy Spirit of God so that I can see you and I can hear you like I've never seen you before. And then you crank your car and you take off. Let me tell you something. Your mind is set on things above. It's set. And so when you're at work and you see activity around you, and it might just look like work activity, but when you're in the mind of Christ and when you're walking in the Spirit, boy, you see it for different. You see it differently. When waiters come to my table and waitresses come to my table and I pass people in Walmart, I don't see them like that anymore. I don't see them differently. And I ask questions and I go places and I do things that I've never done in my life. Remember, I grew up the kid that couldn't speak and I didn't want to speak and I faked sicknesses so I wouldn't speak out loud in front of classes. And now I speak to complete strangers. Why? I don't see them as strangers anymore. They ain't passing my path for no reason. There's a purpose for that. I need to see what God wants me to see about the people that are around me. Because they may never come past me again. And I don't want to fail in one assignment at all. Colossians 3, 1 and 2 says that it may direct our attention. See, our heart's affection and our mind's attention on the things of God. Where is your heart affection today? Where is your mind's attention? Is it on the things of God? When you're spirit-filled and walking in the spirit, it is, my friend. Philippians 3.19 says that when you're spirit-filled, you are devoted to his spirit. <laughs> you are absolutely devoted to it. So your whole desire in life is not to get your way and make your schedule go well and check off your list, but it is to be devoted to the spirit of God. So the spirit takes me where he wants me to go. He wants me to see what he wants me to see. You see, it's living totally backwards. You see, when you're walking in the flesh, you live for you. When you walk in the spirit, you live for him. It's a totally different mindset, totally different. Many of us in here have insurance. Agree? When do you think about your insurance? When you need it. When you need it. Here's what I think about my insurance. Now, I love Lee, and I know I'm in good hands with Allstate. Well, I better be. And so... <laughs> So I don't think about it a whole lot. 
But when I see that red severe storm coming, cruising down I-40 from the west, and I see that magentic purple hell core, and it's like waving at me like, I'm about to come see you. And I'm like, no, you're not. And then all of a sudden, Dave says, hey, preacher, what size is that hell? What? That, that's not a good phone call to get. What size is that hell? Dave, it's about the size of a baseball. You want to hear it? Poing, poings, bouncing all over my yard, all right? I'm trying to find Lee's number, okay? When I, when I think about my insurance is when I need it. Here's what a lot of people do. They get saved. They get baptized. They got their fire insurance. They're not going to roast in hell, and then they go live however they want to. You want to tell you what a spirit-filled believer does? When a spirit-filled believer gets saved, he walks daily in the spirit. Because, oh, he knows he's not going to roast in hell. He knows that. He's saved from hell. But, see, he is saved to much more than that. All the works and all the things that God had predestined him to do, that's what it is. And so he's not thinking about the fact that he's just got his fire insurance and now he goes to live however he wants to. Every single day he says, God, no, this is a gift from you. I want to live to please you. So your spirit tell me and help me to see what you want me to see. Friend, if you're just living every day for yourself, you're not living spirit-filled. You're living Meville. And that's a miserable life, man. Because it's like being at Six Flags. It's good day, bad day, good day, bad day. People didn't act right. People didn't drive right. That dictated my whole day. It impacted my whole day. This was on sale, went there, and now it's not on sale. It was on sale online. Now it's not on sale in the store. It changed it. They didn't tell me. Well, I'm sorry. Sorry. Okay. I'm sorry it's not rotating around you, okay? Sales go off. You miss them, okay? But here's the deal. That's how people live. It's all the time. What happened? I had a bad day. What happened? All oh, the traffic's terrible. Traffic can't give you a bad day. It's just reason to sit in your car and read the Bible, turn on some worship right on the window, and many shall see and many shall hear and many shall put their trust in the Lord because I'm about to shout my new song that he put in my life. That's what it is. And too many people just living in Meville, not Jesusville. And when you're living spirit-filled, you live totally different, man. That's why Jesus said you got to be separate from them. It doesn't mean you have to dress different, look different, act all King James. It just means you have to look like Jesus, smell like Jesus, and be like Jesus. And when you're spirit-filled, you can. And when you're not spirit-filled, you mingle right in with the crowd. And you don't look different at all. You don't look different at all. Instead of being chemical dependency... We will, live, we will develop spiritual dependency. See, a drunk person, is de- he's chemical dependent. He is controlled by something other than himself. Isn't that beautiful? I need to be controlled by something other than Jeff. And it needs to be the Holy Spirit. When I am controlled by something other than me, guess what? When the Holy Spirit's controlling Jeff, Guess what? My walk, mm, much better. My talk, much better. My thoughts, much better. My eyes go to the right places. But when I'm living not controlled by the Holy Spirit, then guess what? I'm out of here, which is out of his will, where he tells me to be. And when I'm out of God's will, mm, that's not pretty, is it? It's not pretty in your life. It's not pretty in my life. You want to get in God's will, get spirit-filled every single day of your life. Every single day. Luke eleven thirteen says, if you want it, ask it. That's just, see, you say, well, Jeff, you're different than me because you know more of the Bible, so it's easier for you. No. Luke 11 doesn't say, for all of you who know the Bible more, it's easier for you. It's not. 
Well, all you who grew up in church and had a good daddy, uh, you can do this. No. It says, all of you who want the Holy Spirit, ask him. That's all it says. So the only thing separating you from being spirit-filled is asking. That's it. You're just a chicken. Because you're afraid that God might do something and say something that you're too scared to test him and see if he can come through on. And so you keep everything real boxy and controlled so you can identify and explain it. Because if you get outside the box, you might not have an explanation for it. Because if God calls you to do something radically crazy, you're going to say, your buddy say, why are you doing that? God told me to. What? God told you. How God tell you to? He just come down here and hang out with you on, on culture? Yeah, he did. In traffic. He spoke to me. And he said, do this. Why'd you come over here and give me a dollar, sir? Because Jesus told me to. Why'd you show mercy to me? Because Jesus told me to. Why'd you just come in here and say, man, let me pray over you. And you just start praying over me. How'd you know I needed that? Because the Spirit told me to. Because the Spirit led me there. You see, the Holy Spirit of God will make you bold, man. It'll make you see things you can't see otherwise. John 10, 10 says that Jesus came to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. Here's the deal. If you're not spirit-filled every day, you're not living in abundancy. Sorry. You're living in a drought. And you just got used to the scenery. If you'll get used to being spirit-filled, you'll see it in a whole different way, buddy. whole different way. When I got ready to find the worship pastor, which whew, took me a long time, and I said, God, here's the deal. There's a thousand guys that can sing. That's easy. I can find anybody to sing. There's a thousand people that can play instruments. That's easy. But God, I want a spirit-filled worship pastor, period. I got Paxton Watt, I got a spirit-filled worship pastor. Totally different when you're riding the wave of a spirit-filled worship guy than a guy that can sing a song. Sing a song. Everybody can sing a song. Thousands of people sing a song. I don't want you to sing a song. I don't want you to play an instrument. I want you to be a spirit-filled worship pastor. And God blessed me with that. Blessed our church with that. My friends, here's the deal. There's a deeper calling for each one of our lives. It's more than just being saved. Yes, that is very, very important. The most important decision you ever make in your life. But here's what you've got to do every single day after that day happens in your life. You've got to say, God, today, I want you to empty me of me. And I want you to fill me fresh with the Holy Spirit of God. And I want to walk today in your spirit. I dare you, double dog dare you, triple dog dare you, to do that every single morning next week and see what happens in your life. Take me up on it. Test me, okay? Just get up in the morning and say, God, I want you to empty me of me. I want you to fill me fresh with the Holy Spirit of God. And I want you to walk with me today and show me what you want me to do and what we see. You'll see everybody differently. You'll see everything differently. You'll receive everything differently. Let me tell you the number one thing that's about to go down in your life when you do that. It's called anxiety, stress, and fear. It just squashes it. Tell you, boom. You get a cold, be well like this. Why? Because stress, anxiety, and fear keep you sick a long time. There's health to the body. Your spirit field, you walk in it, all right? You walk in it. 
Take me up between now and next Sunday morning, every single morning when your head gets off the pillow while you're getting ready. Look yourself in the mirror or wherever you want to do and just say, God, empty me of me and fill me fresh with the Holy Spirit of God. I want to walk in your spirit. Just do it. You'll do things, say things, and see things like you've never in your life, man. I'm telling you. And once you taste and see that the Lord is good, you'll never go back. Never go back. Never go back. Promise you. And you say, well, we don't do that a lot as Baptists. I'm not asking you to do that as a Baptist. I'm asking you as a believer in Christ and a king's kid. All right? Take me up on that and walk in the spirit of the Lord and be filled. As we move to a time of invitation, let's pack in them to come on up. Invitation is simple. We sing one more worship song and it gives us an opportunity to respond to what God's doing in our life and what he said. You'll have people up here that want to pray for you, that will agree with you and pray over you. You'll have an altar you can come kneel down to. If you're here looking for a church home, this is your opportunity to come and join First Baptist Church. Okay, But if you're just going to stand there and sing, I want you to do this for me. I want you to think about what God has spoken in your life and what he said to you. And I want you to respond to what he said. If he says, take that, take that chance, pray and receive Christ like that. Pray and ask for the filling of the Holy Spirit. Then that's what God says to you, then you do that, okay? But right now, after we pray, I want you to stand and we're going to respond to whatever God says to you. Father, this morning, on a cold, cold winter day, Father, it's warm in here. Your spirit has warmed our hearts through worship and through the word. But Father, most importantly, God, you want to take us where we've never been before. And Father, I pray that through the Holy Spirit of God this morning, that during this invitation time, that we will respond to what you have said to us. God, move us today. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to ask you to stay in church. If you need to come for any reason, you come this morning. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I will